So the military prepared me really well for the, this job, which is basically running a 2,000 person organization, managing a budget, and in this case, managing a sort of a crisis. Um, that's very similar to the role in a lot of ways of, a, of an army officer in, in multiple dimensions. So that was fortuitous. Uh, and I've, I've really found myself leaning heavily on my military service and leadership, particularly leadership experiences of mobilizing people in crisis, communicating in crisis, uh, when you have people all over going 90 miles an hour in a hundred different directions, how do you keep everybody oriented? And, uh, so that has been invaluable. Welcome to the New Politics Podcast. I'm Dr. Max Clow, Senior Director of Leadership Development at New Politics, a bipartisan organization dedicated to revitalizing American democracy by recruiting, supporting, and electing servant leaders who put community and country over self. On every episode of this podcast, I'm joined by a servant leader, a military veteran, or an alum of a civilian service program like AmeriCorps or Peace Corps, who has chosen to serve again through politics at this critical moment for our country. Together, we explore the challenges of leading with courage, integrity, and empathy in the toxic space of American politics today. For this episode, I have the honor of sitting down with Pat Ryan, who currently serves as the county executive for Ulster County in New York State. Pat is an Army veteran. He's a graduate of West Point and served two combat tours in Iraq as an Army intelligence officer. After leaving the military, he founded a small tech company that he grew to over 150 employees. Pat's a fifth-generation resident of Ulster County, and he felt a strong calling to serve through politics after the 2016 election. He ran unsuccessfully for Congress in 2018, emerging from the Democratic primary as the runner-up behind Antonio Delgado, who went on to represent the district in Congress. And just a few months later, Pat jumped back into the arena to run for the office of Ulster County Executive. He won that election and soon found himself at the front lines of responding to the unprecedented challenges of COVID-19. Pat is a remarkable servant leader who finds himself drawing deeply on the values and skills gained from his time in the military in his new role in politics. I'm thrilled to welcome him to our show. Welcome, Pat Ryan. Thank you so much for making time for our show here. Yeah, absolutely, Max. This is it's great that you guys are doing it. And as you know, I love new politics. Great. Well, we're glad you made time. So here's where I like to start every interview. What's your earliest memory of learning the value of service? Uh, I think for me, it's actually my grandpa, uh, my grandfather, my mom's dad. He, um, like a lot of in his generation, he had he actually uh, lied about being 18 after Pearl Harbor, enlisted in the Navy, uh, found his way to a, um, a destroyer that was ultimately the last ship sunk by a Japanese kamikaze at the end of World War II in the Pacific. Um, and I didn't know any of that <laughs> as a kid. All I knew is that he was a local alderman in Kingston, New York, and that, you know, as I got older, I learned his whole story that he had um, not only answered the call in in response to World War II, but then when he came home, he was very active in local politics and community groups. Um, so he was definitely my role model. Uh, he passed about 10 years ago, but uh, still kind of is my role model and try to think about what he would do on a lot of things. Amazing. So how old were you when you finally heard the details? Um, so, I mean, at some point, I... Re I 
he earned a purple heart and I asked him what, what is a purple heart? And then he kind of, at that, I don't, I was, I don't know, maybe, you know, seven or eight or something, mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. when I finally was able to have that conversation. So uh, he still, he, he didn't really give a lot of, he was a very humble guy, but uh, I got as much <laughs> as I could. As you could. Yeah, that generation didn't speak so much about it. Also. He was, he was hardcore. Yeah. So clearly you had a legacy of this kind of military service in your family, but tell me about your decision to uh, enroll in West Point. How did that happen? Uh, like any decision you make when you're a 17 year old, uh, you know, there's a lot of motivations, but I think part of, I grew up an hour from West Point. So I always, I would go to football games and sort of fell in love with the, the story of what it was about and the beauty of it. And, um, and then actually my next door neighbors really wanted to go there and they're the ones who got me interested in learning about it in beyond just a cool place to go watch a football game. Um, and, and then I really, the more I understood that it was, for me, it was a place where I felt like I would be challenged and kind of go beyond what uh, my peers were doing to serve, which may sound bad, but that's kind of what, was motivating me, I think, at the time. And then is there a story from West Point or a moment that kind of represents the power that experience had to shape your values? Ooh. Um, there's probably a lot of them. There's probably a lot of them. Um, I mean, I think I'm, ha- I'm, I'm struggling to think of, of a specifics. I mean, I think a lot of it was things that I learned in a philosophy class or a leadership class or a ethics class as a cadet that I didn't totally understand why I was learning it or maybe connect it with the real world. Combat, um, I deployed to Iraq uh, about a year after I graduated for the first deployment and, you know, leadership decisions about that, that, that strained kind of moral and ethical issues and, and how do you as a 22 year old lead folks that are sometimes 10, 10, 12 years your senior or more. Um, so I think it was really just, uh, I'm, I'm not recalling a specific story now. I, I, I should, uh, sorry, I'm not, um, but it's kind of that kind of experience of, um, it's okay. It's all right. Leaning back on things that I learned that were kind of in there somewhere uh, and connecting them in the moment with generally making the right, you know, not everything was perfect, but making the right decisions and in, in hard moments where ethics are and, and morals are kind of on the line. Mm-hmm. And could you say what you kind of took from your military experience, like uh, one or two key lessons? So, I, I mean, I think the biggest lesson I took was the that I now really recognize the value of even more than I did at the time, the power of a team when everyone is really actually genuinely working together, genuinely operating in a way that's selfless and team oriented and driving towards a goal that everyone agrees is, is existential and that they're willing to really put that goal above themselves to actually see that in action. uh, I think is the single most valuable lesson I took and have tried to sometimes am frustrated in different both business and and in in my current role 
uh, where it's not, it's hard to sometimes create that same sense of alignment on, on purpose and mission and teamwork. Um, so that, that's probably number one. And then um, I think the number two lesson is a little more kind of not policy focused, but the idea that like, we all thought we had it right uh, with the decision to go to Iraq or at the time everybody did. And you go back and read, there were very few people. There were some, but not a lot of people throw in the BS flag really. And um, I just think that's a super important lesson to think about as now someone who is an elected official having to make those decisions that you got to just be humble and be willing to ask the critical questions. Powerful. Thank you. So you leave the military, you go into business. What led you to decide you wanted to jump into the arena and try and get into politics? Uh, it's a combination of two things, I'd say. One was this longer term internal monologue with myself or dialogue with myself, whatever the right term would be, about feeling that my private sector work, although it was you know, we were having some impact on what I felt were important issues. I, I did not feel nearly as rewarded in that same sense of purpose and mission that I talked about previously and contributing to a larger goal. So I, I was already kind of feeling that way. And then the 2016 presidential elections and just the tone in our country and the sort of sense that um, we had reached or had reached or were coming up on the edge of a, of a pretty steep cliff and um, that we needed good people to try to bring us back from that brink of things. Um, those intersected uh, and brought me to, to run for Congress in what was ended up being the 2018 midterms. So here you are, somebody who's come through West Point, who spent years in the military, and suddenly you find yourself in this crazy political game. What was that like, you know, kind of being forged in the service world, in the military world, and then stepping into politics? It was disorienting. It was completely different. Um, a lot of the things that I took, a lot of the things that I took for granted um, were not there. Um, uh, you know, some of the, I guess there was sort of, I had a belief that once I made the intention known to run for office, there would sort of be you know, some help or some, uh, you know, staff that would know what was happening and, and so on and so forth. And, and honestly, without new politics uh, helping to fill those gaps, I would have been completely lost, but I was still quite lost. Um, and you, know, you have a 20 something year old campaign manager who's maybe been on one or two other campaigns ever um, and is nominally in charge. And So it's a very new kind of opaque world and even with all of your military and your business experience, this was just a whole new thing for you. I think the hardest thing for me personally, which I'm sure is different for everybody, was learning a very different style of communicating. Um, both military and business world is a little more analytical and straightforward communication. Um, uh, and someone gave me this advice early on, and I didn't really appreciate it till after I had lost a race <laughs> and they said uh, governing is analytical and campaigning is emotional and to communicate in an emotional and evocative way. That's hard or it was hard for me. Uh, and so I really had a lot to learn there 
and and um, still have a lot to learn. But that that was like my personal biggest challenge. Is that in the sense of being more open about your life story and kind of talking about where you came from? And is that what you're talking about here? Um, I think it's more like, um, I mean, in some ways it's almost the opposite, uh, which it's how do you take a complex nuanced thing like your life story and boil it down to like in a, a relatively easy, easily digestible set, uh, sentiment that, that someone who has a lot of other things coming at them can connect with in a, in, in a like emotional way that will make them interested in supporting you or volunteering for you or giving you a contribution. And how do you distill that down and have it still be authentic and compelling? Uh, that's really, that's an art truly. Um, and I think some people are just really good at it naturally, but I grew up in a household where we were not super evocative um, or, uh, uh, you know, sort of emotive, I should mm -hmm. say. Um, mm -hmm. And so that was like retraining myself and I'm still doing, still doing that. But uh, that was the biggest thing. Interesting. And then how do you feel, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are cynical about politics and politicians that question whether it's possible to run a campaign with integrity how was that for you? Did you feel like you were able to kind of walk this path and still kind of stay true to your values? Definitely. I mean, I think it would be, you could walk away from either a win or a loss in a political campaign and feel jaded or cynical. But I actually think that uh, I walked away not feeling that way. I, I walked away feeling like um, I learned a ton. I, I connected with my the place I grew up in, in a way that I literally don't think you possibly could doing anything else, uh, which is really powerful and changed my whole mindset of what I want to do for the rest of my life um, and how I can best serve. Um, and I absolutely did it in an ethical, I mean, that was like the red line for me, just if that meant losing, then, you know, that's what you do. Um, so I do think it's just about this question of how to fix our politics, there's lots of theories, but I ultimately think it's about the right, it's about people. It's about getting people with the right mindset and the right set of ethics that are willing to sort of change, ultimately fight their way into the system and then ch change it from within and whatever that path is, it might not be as linear as you may originally think, but that that's my feeling on it. Great. So you ran for U.S. Congress in 2018 for New York State, and that was unsuccessful. But pretty soon after, you turned around and ran for Ulster County Executive. Uh, what? How were you a different candidate for that second race compared to the first race? In every way. In literally, every, it was like, I don't, I don't even know the right metaphor, but it's like... Um, imagine, like, not only had you never ridden a bike, but you couldn't even walk and maybe like we're learning to breathe and all of a sudden you're thrown on a bike and you know, that's what the first campaign was. And the second one was, Oh, I've been on this bike. I know this, I know this bike. I know all the parts of the bike. I know the mechanic of the bike that if I don't have a question, uh, if there's a question I can't answer, I know who to call, who can, I have a staff that I can draw on. So it was, it was, um, it made just such a big difference uh, to be a second time candidate, not a first time candidate. So that's, I think it just like for anybody thinking about it, 
just do it and you will learn more than you could ever in a, you know, a book or a class or, uh, and the worst is you lose and learn a ton. So was it a hard decision to run again after relatively soon after, you know, not succeeding in the congressional campaign? Uh, if you ask me, no, if you ask my wife, yes. <laughs> no, um, it actually, was, it really wasn't. We, we, we seriously did uh, have uh, this, the seat that I now hold opened up unexpectedly in a, and ran in a special election. So I had no um, idea that this was coming. So it was a, like, literally I had about 24, 48 hours to decide, um, which was probably good. It just forced a quick decision. Uh, and so we, we made that decision together. And um, so it, there wasn't that much hesitation. So now you are in elected office. How do you know you're making a difference? That's a great, um, well, I mean, I think we all kind of in our inner sort of compass know how we're contributing if we're in touch with that, which most of us are. And I know when I've, I feel, you know, very different from how I was feeling prior to this in terms of just, am I making a contribution? But I mean, I'm right now we're in the midst of like this once in a century COVID-19 pandemic. And so, and I didn't even really know this, but I mean, at least in New York state, county government is really the front line of public health response and emergency response in these sorts of situations. So, you know, I'm nine months into this job and now I'm doing things like ordering hundreds of thousands of items of PPE directly from China. I'm, I've built four mobile testing centers, um, designed, you know, a comprehensive economic recovery strategy. I mean, all these things that, um, of course, no one could have predicted. But literally, I mean, quite literally, in a way that I never actually thought I'd have outside of the military. The decisions we're make, I'm making right now about public health are life. I mean, they truly are life and death. Um, I mean, weighing when to open our economy versus not and some of the policy decisions about those things um, are, are, you know, weigh very heavily. And But I think that's a sign. I mean, that's really what I wanted. I mean, to be able to have that impact and have a great team working alongside me to make those decisions and try to make the right decisions. So how do you think your military experience prepared you for this? I mean, this role I'm in right now, um, I feel much more prepared for the role elected than the role as a candidate, if that makes sense. So the military prepared me really well for the, this job, which is basically running a 2000 person organization, managing a budget. And in this case, managing a, sort of a crisis um, that's very similar to the role in a lot of ways of a, of an army officer in, in multiple dimensions. So that was fortuitous. Uh, and I've, I've really found myself leaning heavily on my military service and leadership, particularly leadership experiences of mobilizing people in crisis, communicating in crisis. Uh, when you have people all over going 90 miles an hour in a hundred different directions, how do you keep everybody oriented? And, uh, so that has been invaluable. And I think, um, yeah, that's been invaluable. Yeah. You know, part of the vision of new politics is folks who have been tested, who have been through these difficult things and can bring all that expertise here to our kind of civilian government. So it's, uh, it's great to hear that you feel like you've got so much preparation for that. 
So yeah, yeah, and I think um, again, we need uh, we need more. I, I see some of my peers in similar positions who have had different experiences. Just no knock on them, just not prepared, even just for the intent, like the the mental intensity of 15, 20 hour days, not, I mean, it's, we're going on two and a half months with no day off. And my staff was complaining and I said, sorry, guys, I did this for 27 months in combat. So you're not going to find a lot of, you know, I mean, I get it, but we got to push through. All right. And so here's a question I like to wrap every conversation up with. What advice do you have for servant leaders, all these other military veterans or alumni of national service programs who are listening to this and they're thinking about getting into politics? What's your advice for them? Uh, so number one, I'm just excited that if you are one of those people that you're doing that because we need more of you. Uh, number two, it's just, just do it. I mean, like I kind of said earlier um, and but just do it doesn't necessarily mean just run. I, I think the value of um, experiencing a campaign up close isn't, I'm sorry, isn't just unique to being the candidate. Um, being a, a staff member, you will get that a lot of those same windows in. So if you're, if you want to dip your toe in the water, but aren't all in, I think that's a path I would encourage. But ultimately it's just, um, if you're thinking about it, it's probably for a reason. And that reason is that you should do it. <laughs> so just as a closing uh, you know, question for you, it's challenging times all around. Is there a nonprofit that is supporting your district and the folks you serve that you'd like to lift up right now and bring some attention to? There are many. Um, I think the one that I would want to highlight is focused on probably the most acute need that we're seeing, which is food insecurity. And this is across the country and the world. But people that never worried about, never really had to worry about just basic put food on the table for you and your, your kids and your family are, are really tested now. And I think it's only going to get worse, but we, we created this um, pretty innovative model here where we, we stood up a community fund. It's called project resilience. We set up a community fund with uh, that individuals and philanthropies can give to. And then we asked anybody in the county, uh, which is about 200,000 people with need to, to sign up. And we've had tens of thousands sign up. And then we asked local restaurants that were struggling to keep their doors open to sign up to prepare meals at cost so they could keep their doors open and employ their staff as they were losing business. And it, kind of, it, it ended up sort of working for everybody and we've raised like $3 million into it. And we've, I think now delivered over 250,000 meals in about eight, nine weeks time. Um, and kept like about, a, I think it's 160 restaurants. Many of them literally said, if we hadn't had this stream of revenue of these meals, we would have um, had to lay off our, you know, potentially close our restaurant. So that's been probably, it's been a crazy few months, but that's the one that, uh, one of the silver linings is this project resilience. So it's, it's, uh, we partnered with the United way of Ulster County and it's called project resilience. And, um, can they just find it projectresilience.org? Um, so it's on our website would be the easiest way, ulstercountyny.gov. And then you can navigate there. But if anybody's interested, we'll, we'll make sure we, we find you and <laughs> helping us. Thank fantastic. You. Fantastic. Well, Pat, thank you so much for making time to be with us. And thank you for stepping up at such a critical moment. And it's great to be reconnected. 
Yeah, thanks, Max. And I just, I have to say, like, I just want to thank you and the whole New Politics team and family. We actually, um, we got a, uh, a bit, we have a 10 month old at home just to add to the, the busyness of our life right now. Because you don't have enough and, else to do. Right? Yeah, right. Uh -huh. And we got this bib in the mail the other week from New Politics that says uh, future servant leader. That's what we're and, doing. Uh, uh -huh. he, he wears it with pride, even though he doesn't totally know what that means yet. But it really, you guys are, it, it, it's one of, a one of a kind organization. And I just want to thank you for everything you've done to help me and, and my family and the, the whole wider family of candidates and elected officials. And I, we just really appreciate it. Well, it's an honor to be a part of your journey. So yeah. thank you again for making time yeah. for this. Okay. Thanks, Max. Be well. This has been the New Politics Podcast. I'm your host, Max Clow. Thanks for listening. And I hope you join us for our next episode when we meet another servant leader who has chosen to step up and serve through politics. If you want to learn more about New Politics and the candidates that we support, please check us out online at newpolitics.org. And I'll leave you with this question. How do you feel called to serve at this critical moment for our nation? Thanks for joining. See you next time.